What do you think brides and grooms-to-be should be asking Owen before they uh, consider booking a wedding magician? What do I think? What I thought, um, do, do couples actually ask you for a particular style of magic, or is it just quite generic? Um, I, my style is, is, is my style. 90% of couples that book me have normally met me at a wedding fair. That's where most of my bookings come from. Um, so they've already met me. Um, I, I tend to almost get more bookings from people who hadn't considered the magician and then see me and then book me, which is very nice. Um, sometimes I get asked if I can, um, be part of a theme. So there was a Harry Potter one last year. Um, I said, would I wear a cape and a hat? I was a bit, if you really want me to, I will, but I'd rather not. I'll just be dressed, but I'll, I'll fit in however I can. In the end, I decided that they weren't going to ask me to do that, but I would have done. Um, so yeah, it's not really a style of magic because I've got a, a, what I call a working set, which, you know, fits, fits anywhere. How you present it might be different, but the, the tricks generally will always be my, my working set. So, um, I've not really answered that, have I? But, um, so yeah, it, it's adapting to the day. I will bespoke to whatever they want for the day. And there might be time differences or, or certain little things that or nuances they like. But, um, my style really is my style. Um, it'd be difficult for me to become somebody else. Um, but they've normally booked me anyway because they've met me, so they're happy with my style, if that makes sense. It's personality as well, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, my, my, my girlfriend would argue I haven't got one, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it very much. I, I've always said about magicians, I think the most most important thing um, about a magician is is not the magic almost, it's how you can interact with people and, and how you can make people feel relaxed and how you deal with the drunken alpha male or the drunken 22-year-old who's had 15 points. And then straight away, how you deal with a six-year-old girl who just wants to see some magic because she loves Harry Potter. Yeah. And it's having that ability to do the whole range um, and, and present yourself well. I, I know some amazing technical magicians who are dull as dishwater and would be no good at a wedding. Uh, I know some amazing stage magicians who necessarily wouldn't be great at a wedding and vice versa. I'd be no good on stage. So I think personality and how you present yourself is, and your people skills certainly are to me, as important as your magic. Yeah, completely get that. So, how many sets do you do? So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm booking my wedding for next year. How many sets would I expect? We would discuss how many people you've got and your time is in your venue. My most popular package uh, that I get booked more often than not is uh, mix and mingle magic as soon as the ceremony is over. For reasons that we've already touched on, it will be, be overrunning. It will be late. The the happy couple will go and get their photographs taken. Uh, which is normally an hour and a half ish. Uh, and then I do, uh, table magic around the meal. Um, not while they eat because I know what they're going to spend on the food and they, they should be able to enjoy the food, but certainly between courses and whatever. Now I, I don't put a time limit on that within reason. I'm not going to stay there eight hours, but because the, uh, the, the, one of the happy couple will probably be late and because the, the photographs can overrun. If you have a contract that says you'll perform, I don't know, two till four and she's 20 minutes late and the photographer overruns by half an hour. I've heard of magicians doing two tables at the wedding breakfast, looking at the watch and going, that's it. Um, your time's up. Not my fault. You were late. So I stay on that package until I've done every table. Mm. Um, so it normally lasts between two and three hours and I have a, I have a walking around set and then I have a table set. Um, some people like the lull between the wedding breakfast and the evening, particularly if there's no accommodation. And some people like the evening. 
Uh, and again, that's more mix and mingle where I'll do my mix and mingle set uh, and a little bit of table. I mix it all up. It's not, I talk about sets. It's not casting stone. You kind of get a feel for how people are. And if, if they bounce with you, you might go one direction. If, 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 you know, there's, it can do that. So, um, I've got about five or six actual working sets, A, B, C, D, and E. I use A, B, and C at a wedding normally. Cool. Awesome. I'm just thinking about that, um, video that you shared with us, Owen, and, and everybody's expressions. It's, it, if I had to describe it, it's like ultimate surprise and joy, isn't it? That, yeah, it's, it's sort of shock and then amazement, I like to call it. Shock and awe. Shock and awe. Yeah. Was that goal four thing? Shock and awe. Um, yeah. And, and but it, it, it's knowing when to get photographers there because there are certain tricks mm-hmm. where a, a red ball was produced, as an example. I just know every time that happens, that's the reaction. So if there's a photographer near, that's the one I'm going to do because that will get a better photograph than still a very good, I don't know, card trick that is still, in my opinion, a good trick, but it hasn't got that moment wow. that that trick has. And that trick virtually guaranteed to get that reaction. Um, if, if, if it doesn't get the reaction, I go and headbutt walls and have a word of myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there are certain tricks that, that you know will get that face. Um, and that's one of them. Brilliant. I was, um, I was going to, so I was going to ask you that without revealing the secrets of magic, is there some magic to, to getting the right trick for the right audience? Massively, yeah, yeah. And I think that comes with experience. Um, and when I, when I first started, uh, gigging, um, I perhaps didn't have that and I was doing maybe the wrong tricks for the wrong crowd at the wrong time. And it's, I like to think now I do the right tricks for the right crowd at the right time. And, and you need to, as you get through the day, you need to get, I think magic needs to get stronger. Uh, and I like to call my magic strong. Um, but I start off with, with a, a lower level just as an icebreaker for the two families, just to get a bit of a talking point. And I like to leave them when I've done the table set with my absolute best trick because that's, I can't do any better than that. That gets the, and, and I think there was a, a little clip of that on that video. Leave them with your absolute best. Leave them wanting more. And that way you can go and they'll, they'll still be like, wow, that was, that was brilliant. So from what I understand from like a myriad of films and things and documentaries I've seen about magic and, uh, they, they, they tend to say that, that, that a lot of the success of magic is down to timing. Massively. I mean, kind of an attention span that the, the typical wedding audience have that you've got to work with. Um, I don't know if it's typical. It will depend on how much they've had to drink. Um, which is why when, when you, when you first perform for someone, <coughs> it's called an opener in, in magic. Uh, you need to do an opener that, that's quick to the point, but we're still getting an amazement. Uh, if you if you do, it could be the best trick in the world. If it takes you seven minutes and you are just meeting someone and trying to do a seven-minute trick, you, you're going to lose them. So so hit them hard, not literally. Hit them with magic hard and fast. Uh, get their attention. Once you've got their attention, then you can go into slightly longer longer effects. And there's some sort of mentalism effects that um, you really need to have someone really on side, having, having maybe throughout the day had 10, 15 minutes with them because once they're really – in the zone with you, you, you can then do some really strong stuff, but it takes that a little bit longer. And if you open with that, you just lose them totally straight away. And I've, I've got to, I've got to ask for the sake of Harry Potter, but do you ever use a wand? Sadly, no. You don't know what you're missing out on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, not going to get one, actually. I'm just going to Google wands. But, um, no, I, I don't. 
I've got I've got three. Have you? Do you use them in the ceremonies? Yeah. Do you? Only one at a time, though. Obviously, and they they get a choice of which one they'd like me to use. Oh, okay. Years ago, uh, an ex now bought me um, a TV remote that was a wand, uh, yeah. and it would. If you did that, it would turn it on. If you did, but it, it got that complicated, even for a magician. I don't get rid of it. So um, no, sadly, I don't use a wand. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Owen.